It's August the 2nd. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this year-long journey. We hopped on the Bible bus in January. Here we are in the month of August from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. And you remember, don't you, we're, we're taking the books in order, Old Testament, New Testament, but we're interspersing them so that we did some of the Old Testament, then we did the Gospel of Matthew and more of the Old Testament and the Gospel of Mark and so on. So the way it's worked out here in the month of August, we are in the amazing book of Esther. More about that in just a moment. Let me remind you that if you are joining us now or recently have joined us and you want to go back and watch the previous videos, it's easy to do. They are all archived online, free. You can download them or you can watch them anytime, 24-7 at Rumble. That's a video platform. Just look for the Keep Believing channel. At YouTube, again, look for the Keep Believing channel. Two different places on Facebook, on my personal Facebook page, and then on the KBM Facebook page. But the easiest way and the one I recommend is that you go to keepbelieving.com. That's keepbelieving.com. And you'll see a little link there at the top. And it says, let's read the Bible. Click on that. And then all the videos previous up till now, they're arranged by month. Go to January, February, March, April, May, June, July, and now August. They are all there. And God willing, as we finish the rest of the year, eventually there'll be 365 videos covering the reading of the entire Word of God. So don't worry if you're just starting now. And, and by the way, I had been asked this, Pastor Ray, what should I do? Should I go back and start at the beginning? Well, I wouldn't do that. You do whatever you want, of course. But if it's me, I'm going to start right here on August the 2nd. Say, if this is your first day, and just follow along with us day by day. As you get into the rhythm of it, then you can go back. You can start in Genesis, or you can start in Exodus. You start, but it doesn't matter. It's up to you. Do whatever you are comfortable with. By the way, got a note here from somebody who said, awesome, I can't wait to start this day after listening to you. We are here by his design, our creator of all things, and he cares for his creation, his people. And then she asked this question, can life get any better? I can't think of a better way to enjoy life than to start the day by listening to the reading of God's word. She says, thank you, Ray and Patty. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Well, yesterday, Marlene began to read for us the book of Esther. She covered that beauty pageant. She covered uh, how Esther uh, was was called in by the king, and then about Mordecai, her uncle, her Jewish uncle, and then uh, Esther, and then this wicked Haman and his plot. Well, that's yesterday. Then we were left with a cliffhanger. What's going to happen when Esther goes in to see the king? Because if he doesn't stretch out his scepter, Esther, well, she's, prop, she's, she's probably going to die right on the spot. And she says, if I perish, I perish. She's going to do the will of God no matter what. So I want you to pay attention then. And Marlene is going to come back now. She's going to read for us Esther 5, 6, and 7. Honey, take it away. Thank you for reading God's Word for us today. Esther chapter 5. Welcome back. 
On the third day of the fast, Esther put on her royal robes and entered the inner court of the palace just across from the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne, facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her and held out the gold scepter to her. So Esther approached and touched the end of the scepter. Then the king asked her, What do you want, Queen Esther? What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half the kingdom. And Esther replied, If it please the king, let the king and Haman come today to a banquet I have prepared for the king. The king turned to his attendants and said, Tell Haman to come quickly to a banquet, as Esther has requested. So the king and Haman went to Esther's banquet. And while they were drinking wine, the king said to Esther, Now tell me what you really want. What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half the kingdom. Esther replied, This is my request, my deepest wish. If I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request and do what I ask, please come with Haman tomorrow to the banquet I will prepare for you. Then I will explain what this is all about. Haman was a happy man as he left the banquet, but when he saw Mordecai sitting at the palace gate, not standing up or trembling nervously before him, Haman became furious. However, he restrained himself and went on home. There, Haman gathered together his friends and Jairus' wife and boasted to them about his great wealth and his many children. He bragged about the honors the king had given him and how he had been promoted over all the other nobles and officials. Then Haman added, And that's not all. Queen Esther invited only me and the king himself to the banquet she prepared for us, and she has invited me to dine with her and the king again tomorrow. Then he added, But this is all worth nothing as long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting there at the palace gate. So Haman's wife Zeresh and all his friends suggested, Set a sharpened pole that stands 75 feet tall, and in the morning, ask the king to impale Mordecai on it. When this is done, you can go on your merry way to the banquet with the king. This pleased Haman, and he ordered the pole set up. Chapter 6 That night, the king had trouble sleeping, so he ordered an attendant to bring the book of the history of his reign so it could be read to him. In those records, he discovered the account of how Mordecai had exposed the plot of Bigthana and Teresh, two of the eunuchs who had guarded the door to the king's private quarters. They had plotted to assassinate King Xerxes. What reward or recognition did we ever give Mordecai for that? The king asked. His attendants replied, nothing has been done for him. Who is that in the outer court? The king inquired. As it happened, Haman had arrived in the outer court of the palace to ask the king to impale Mordecai on the pole he had prepared. So the attendants replied to the king, Haman is out in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. So Haman came in and the king said, What should I do to honor a man who truly pleases me? Haman thought of himself. Whom would the king wish to honor more than me? So he replied, If the king wishes to honor someone, he should bring out one of the king's own royal robes as well as a horse that the king himself rode on, one with a royal emblem on its head. 
let the robes and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials, and let him see that the man whom the king wishes to honor is dressed in the king's robes and led through the city square on the king's horse. Have the official shout as they go, This is what the king does for someone he wishes to honor. Excellent, the king said to Haman. Quick, take the robes and my horse and do just as you have said for Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the gate of the palace. Leave out nothing you have suggested. So Haman took the robes and put them on Mordecai, placed him on the king's own horse, and led him through the city square, shouting, This is what the king does for someone he wishes to honor. Afterward, Mordecai returned to the palace gate, but Haman hurried home, dejected and completely humiliated. When Haman told his wife Zeresh and all his friends what had happened, his wise advisors and his wife said, Since Mordecai, this man who has humiliated you, is of Jewish birth, you will never succeed in your plans against him. It will be fatal to continue opposing him. When they were still talking, the king's eunuchs arrived and quickly took Haman to the banquet Esther had prepared. Esther chapter 7 So the king and Haman went to Esther's banquet. On this second occasion, while they were drinking wine, the king said to Esther, Tell me what you want, Queen Esther. What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half the kingdom. Queen Esther replied, If I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request, I ask that my life and the lives of my people will be spared. For my people and I have been sold to those who would kill, slaughter, and annihilate us. If we had merely been sold as slaves, I could remain quiet, for that would be too trivial a matter to warrant disturbing the king. Who would do such a thing? King Xerxes demanded. Who would be so presumptuous as to touch you? <clears throat> Esther replied, This wicked Haman is our adversary and our enemy. Haman grew pale with fright before the king and queen. Then the king jumped to his feet in a rage and went out into the palace garden. Haman, however, stayed behind to plead for his life with Queen Esther, for he knew that the king intended to kill him. In despair, he fell on the couch where Queen Esther was reclining, just as the king was returning from the palace garden. The queen exclaimed, Will he even assault the queen right here in the palace before my very eyes? And as soon as the king spoke, his attendants covered Haman's face, signaling his doom. Then Harbona, one of the king's eunuchs, said, Haman has set up a sharpened pole that stands 75 feet tall in his own courtyard. He intended to use it to impale Mordecai, the man who saved the king from assassination. Then impale Haman on it, the king ordered. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Mordecai, and the king's anger subsided. Thanks, sweetheart. What a story. Talk about a turn of events. I mean, Haman, with the approval of his wife, Zeresh, and and uh, Haman's friends, oh yeah, yeah, build that gallows. Gonna hang Haman, are gonna hang Mordecai on it. But everything got turned around by the sovereign hand of the invisible God, the God behind the scenes, who's working to protect 
Esther and Mordecai and to protect the Jewish people. You have the end of it all here in what Merlin just read for us, the end of chapter 7. They hanged Haman on the gallows he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's anger subsided. I think, just to make a quick point, the hatred of the Jewish people is ancient indeed. It goes all the way back to Esther's day, but it goes way back before that to the pagan nations around around the land when Joshua led the people of God. Well, it goes all the way back, doesn't it, to, to Egypt, back to Pharaoh and his evil plan to kill those Jewish baby boys. But, and here's the second thing, the Jews were and are and always will be God's chosen people. They were they were the nation God chose, not because of any righteousness in them, because of the good hand of the Lord. God raised up the Jewish people. He raised up the nation. And through the Jewish people and the nation of Israel, he brought to the world the Lord Jesus Christ. God knows what he's doing, friends. He's working behind the scene on behalf of his people. Are you a child of God? Do you know the Lord Jesus? And you can have confidence today, today, that God is going to take care of you. He's going before you. He's watching behind you. He's around you. He's above you. He's beneath you. He's got you in the palm of his hands. And you know, and you know, when the time comes, he can turn things on their head so that uh, Haman built the gallows, planning to hang Mordecai, but who's swinging in the wind there? It's not Mordecai. It's evil, wicked Haman himself. God knows what he's doing. He's going to vindicate his people. So go out and have a great, God-blessed day. I want you to come back tomorrow because the end of the story, it just gets better and better and more amazing. So Marlene is going to take us to the end of the book of Esther tomorrow. Go out. Have a God-blessed day. Great confidence in God. Come back tomorrow. We'll finish the book of Esther together. God bless.